1: We're going to put in some sweat equity, and we're, we're getting ready to, to move, and begin, begin all the constructions. Um, it's going to be fun. Hey, I just want to thank everybody that participated in the Legacy Offering. Uh, just as a church, we all come together to, to move vision and direction forward, and um, as a church, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we raised about $420,000 towards <laughs> toward expanding. And that's, that's really incredible, you guys. That's amazing. Thank you to everybody that participated. Thank you to everybody that didn't give, but you came and you cheered. Like, that's, that's awesome. If you still want to give, you're like, I wasn't here and I want to be a part of that, you can still do it. We're not holding you back. And, um, but we're excited about uh, creating some more space for your friends and your family and uh, for your neighborhood to be transformed by Jesus. I just believe make room and, and it gives God a place to send people. And so um, we're very excited about that. Um, everybody enjoy Thanksgiving? You guys still tired? Still tired? Uh, they got any ham people? They got any turkey people? I got some, got some turkey people. All right. Um, do, do we have any venison people? Any, anybody? Okay. You did not you, you would, you would if you could. All right, I like that. So, so I I I was at a, another church speaking last weekend and uh, they they asked that like who who likes this or that and I'm like give me that dungeness crab, you know, cuz <laughs> I was raised in Southeast Alaska and so uh Thanksgiving looked different. It looked like red salmon and crab and so uh and rice. I, I always thought it was because um that's what my mom liked. I found out afterwards it's because uh it was just cheaper than potatoes. So we had so we had rice <laughs> rice for everything growing up. Um uh, it, it's good. It's rice is great. I'll I'll eat it. <clears throat> All right. Anybody ever heard the phrase "make yourself at home"? Yeah. Anybody ever tell somebody that "ah, oh, make yourself at home," and then they actually do, and you're like, "whoa, simmer down a little bit," like. Um, I had a, had a roommate in, in college one time. He he left for Thanksgiving break, and he put a note outside of his dorm or his portion of the dorm room, and it said, uh, "Nobody get in my bed," which is the dumbest thing, the dumbest <laughs> note you could have put. So he had we, we put Polaroid pictures of like there's like 60 dudes in his bed, like just we every, we're like everybody just come on in. <laughs> uh, people tell you that they say, "Hey, make make yourself a home," and 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 then you start to make yourself a home, and you you instantly realize like oh, this is not my home. Like, you start going through the cabinets, you're like, oh, like, where are the cups? And you start just opening everything, looking for the, for the cups, or uh, maybe you're staying at a friend's house, and you go to take a shower, and you're, like, digging through their bathroom trying to find the towels, right? It's, uh, it, it's, it's great. The idea of make yourself at home is great. My, my grandma, my grandmother, she, she used to, when she'd come into our house, um, we never invited her to make herself at home, but she would. And uh, she would she would say like I wouldn't put the silverware here I would she'd start like rearranging the kitchen like like I'm gonna move all the dishes over You're like Grandma you can't do that um, but that's that's who she was she would play I, I was five years old she would beat me at Rummy Cube every time because she changed the rules every time and uh, make yourself at home it's it's a nice sentiment but the truth is. Even if somebody's house was the exact same footprint as your house, when you begin going through the drawers, you realize it's not home. It's, it's not the same thing as your place. It was a nice sentiment, but it wasn't true. Whatever you believe about God today, whether, whether you are someone who is searching for God, or maybe you're someone that's been living for the Lord for 20 years, or, or maybe you're, you're returning to God, I think there are many of us that, Even though we are at different places in searching for God, we can feel like we're trying to make ourselves at home somewhere that is not our home. You ever feel like you're just not, you're not settled, you're not not at home. Like you just don't quite feel like you fit in with your friends, or or you, you don't feel like what you would expect at home with family to feel like. It doesn't quite It it just doesn't quite feel right, or maybe for you it's it it could come down to like just even like you joined a, a group at church, a small group, and you just feel like you're not. I just haven't created those relationships. I see other people having, and and some things take a lot of time. But but also there's this internal struggle that we have, where sometimes we just don't feel. At home, maybe for you, just church in general. You've been coming to church for, for quite a while, and, and yet you just never feel like it's, it's yours. Maybe, maybe you just don't feel like it's yours. And, and I think one of the reasons that we, we go through, like as a culture, we, we tend to feel off balance because we don't feel at home. I, I, I feel like it's pretty normal in our culture because we live in a very complicated world. As Americans, we've just created this super busy, complicated lifestyle that makes us just never feel at home anywhere. We're just constantly running and constantly, they say, burn the candle at both ends. We didn't do that. What we did is we invented a light bulb, and we just stay up till 1 in the morning and then wonder why we're tired the next day. When God designed you to go to bed when it gets dark, right? Like Somebody asked me, they said, I just... You know, I see that you went camping. I just, you know, I went camping once and I just I came back so refreshed. Why do you think that was? And the answer is cuz you went to bed when it got dark and you woke up when it was light. Like it's it's the way you were designed to be. And and but we, we live in this complicated world and and we we pile stuff into our chaotic calendars. We just just put more and more activities and things and then we're running our kids back and forth to different different things and just feels like like we're just not at home. Like we're never settled anywhere. And 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 packing our calendar with more things only makes us experience more loneliness, you you realize you're not the only one in the room that experiences loneliness in a room full of people. We all do. We've we've created a culture that causes it. We're so busy and so detached. We really struggle, like, on, on a wide scale with Loneliness. And we have significant amounts of stress and all of these things, they they put us off balance. So even when we try to feel at home somewhere, we just don't feel at home. We just don't feel settled. We don't feel like we belong. And and what happens is we'll find ourselves scrolling or searching through someone else's cabinets looking for what it would be to be home. And so we're, we're searching through someone else's cabinets thinking, if I could just experience what they're experiencing, I would finally be settled. If I could just resolve all my issues, then life would be good. Like, if, if I can just, just make clean up my life so that I have no more of my troubles, th- th- that's, that's what they have, and that's what I need. And Can I just tell you, you will never be at home searching through someone else's cabinets. In the Bible, there's a group of people that are in that sort of a place where they... They know God is for them, but they're in a season that just makes them off balance. They're in a season where they don't feel like they're at home. It's just difficult. It's, it's in the Old Testament of the Bible. And when I say Old, old Testament, I, I don't mean old as in, like, not useful anymore. What it is is your Bible is divided into two major sections. The first more than half is called the Old Testament. And it just refers to time. It means it's older in time. And then there's what's called the New Testament. It's the smaller portion near the back of your Bible. And this refers to um, basically from 0 A.D., right? We're really like, yeah, 0 A.D. All the way up until about 80 A.D. This is it's the life of Jesus. You, you Did you know that like B.C. or... Now they call it Common Era, but our entire calendar is based on Jesus. You guys know that, yeah. like, like it's literally based on on Jesus. And so that's what New Testament means. And and in the Old Testament, there was a group of people who had been taken out of their their home, taken out of their comfort zone. They'd been um, captive by a country called Babylon. Remember when you studied Mesopotamia when you're in the fifth grade, and, and Mesopotamia, Babylon's all connected. The Babylonians take them in exile and bring them to a land that is not theirs. And Babylon is telling them, like, oh, you're, you're ours now. You're going to become Babylonians. You're, you're going to think the way we think. You're going to do the things we do. You're going to believe the way we believe. And so they felt very much like exiles, and they were, in a foreign land. And here's what God speaks to people that did not feel connected. Here's what he speaks to them through a prophet named Jeremiah. It says this in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 4 This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem build homes. And plan to stay, plant gardens, and eat the food they produce. So when these people that are captives in a foreign land, when they're asking the question, when is God going to get us out of this situation? When is God going to resolve all my problems and make life smooth again? And God's answer is, not anytime soon. In fact, God's answer was, how about you just settle in And stop chasing the illusion that life is going to be perfect. Instead, God's plan for people that feel off balance, that feel like they don't quite fit in, for people that feel like they're not quite settled, God's plan for them is to stop chasing a previous routine, stop looking for some sort of dreamy world where everything is perfect. Instead, God's plan is build a house, plant seeds, and plan to stay build a house plant gardens and plan to stay now now this is in direct contrast to other passages of scripture that that make it very clear that that we are we are not meant to stay here that that we are just pilgrims traveling through, that this world is not our home, that we're ultimately going to a place whose builder and maker is God, that, that the struggles that we experience in this life are just temporary, and that God has a plan to resolve all of it, and I'm excited, just for me, I'm excited that I get to know that I'm not, this, is, this world is not my home, I, I'm, I'm a, a citizen of heaven. That's an exciting thing to know. In, in fact, the, the children of Israel, or the Israelites in Israel, even today, they still practice a feast. They, they have, fe- this is something Christians get backwards. We think our religiosity often looks like frowns and difficulty. Like, I just got to feel bad, and that makes me more spiritual. According to scripture, every time God instructed, the majority of the time that God instructed his people, he instructed them to feast and celebrate. Yes. I got Twila's with me. The rest of you, we're, we're working on it. And they have this feast they still to do today. It's called Sukkoth. It, it lasts for seven days. And when you're over there, you'll, you'll see or you can see it in pictures now, there will be little tents on top of all the houses. These little small wall tents, square tent structures, or down around the streets. And the people all live in the tents for a week because they're reminding themselves that they, at one, one time, God was taking them through the wilderness and they lived in tents. It's this idea that this world is not permanent, that I'm just a stranger passing through. And that's very true, but God's instruction to people who are strangers passing through, is not bide your time until you pass through. God's instruction to people that are off balance, to people that are out of kilter, to people that wish life was different, God's instructions to them, at least to the people in the book of Jeremiah, God's instruction is build a house, plant some seeds, and plan to stay. Build a house, plant some seeds, and plan to stay. But but you don't understand, Pastor, this is just not my favorite season of life. <laughs> I've just had, I've had better seasons. This is just not, this is not a great season of life. And can I just tell you that God's desire for you is not that you would treat this season as a, as a minor inconvenience on your route to heaven, but that what he really wants for you to do, even in an inconvenient season, is to build a house, to plant some seeds, and to plan to stay. So, so our, our valley has, has uh, just had a flood, an influx of people. I'm sure none of you know anything about this. Um, just an influx of people that, I, that I, I fondly refer to as refugees, because in just about every definition of the word, they match it. And um, they've moved to this valley looking for change, looking for something new. But just in dealing with people like I do, I, I've seen... Many people that will that will come and, and what they what they really do is they just fantasize about what this could be like if it was that, yeah. and so they never get settled and then they end up getting frustrated and they end up moving back west, frustrated, feeling like there was there was no real change for me. And can I tell you like if you never make the decision to build a home, to invest in some seeds in the ground. And to plan, not just to like wing it, but to plan to stay, you're always going to be frustrated. Mm -hmm. God's plan for people that are off balance is build a house, get something permanent going in your life. Plant some seeds that you can eat the produce of later and plan to stay. Are you saying this will always be like this? No, I'm saying while you're here, build a house Plant some seeds. Plan to stay. So what does it look like for you to decide, I'm going to plan to stay? I think it might look like saying, I'm going to plan to stay committed to Jesus even though it's difficult for me at times. I'm going to plan to stay committed to my spouse even though... They keep spending too much money. I'm going to plan to stay with my team at work, even though I could make more money by by moving to a different state or or changing things up. I'm gonna I'm gonna plan to create some stability in my life. Like, what would it look like for you to stay, plant gardens? And then be able to eat the fruit of those gardens later. He could have told them, this is just temporary. Eat all the seed you can. This is just temporary. Do what you got to do to survive now. Instead, he says, don't eat the seeds. Plant the seeds and eat the fruit later. Maybe for some of us, that would be one of the greatest transformations. As if we said, God even in the middle of this season that I'm not fond of, I will decide to build a home, I will decide to invest in a future that I do not see yet, and I will plan to stay. I'll plan to stay. I, I think for me, one of the biggest problems with this is, is I often want to do my job and God's job. So what I'll do is I, I'll, I'll build the house and, and I'll plant some seeds and I'll plan to stay and then what I will do is I will manage the whole thing to make sure it turns out the way I want it to turn out. And the truth is is that that I can't manage the outcome of any of these things. All I can do is do what God has instructed me to do. God has told me, "Build a stable house. Go ahead and plant some seeds into the future and make the intention, plan to staple. Like, just plan on it. If, if things change, I'll tell you things change. But for me, what I want to do is I want to manage all the possible outcomes to make sure that this control freak gets the kind of results he wants. <laughs> and that's not my job. My job is to do the things I can control, and God's job is to do the things that I cannot control. I can only control my obedience to God's word. I can only control my, my, my efforts to plant seeds, my efforts to try to make the intention to stay put, but God controls the output. And so, so what it looks like is this, like the way this whole thing works is, is, is my job is to seek God for input or direction and then I provide rolled up sleeves and output. I'm seeking God for input. And then I'm just putting some effort back into building a home, planting seeds, creating stability. I'm going I'm to stay. I'm going to plan to stay. Well, pastor, that's what I've been doing. I've been seeking God's will. And I just don't know what God's will for my life is yet. I get that. That's, that's a frustrating season. There was this, I was listening on the radio, and there was this, this gal, she, she had um, what's called long COVID. It's something that a lot of people don't talk about because it's just misunderstood by most everybody else. For, for a lot of us, COVID looked like uh, a couple horrible weeks. For some of us, it looked like a few nights where we didn't know if we we're going to make it. For, for, for many of us, we didn't even know we had it. For some of us, it looks like grief from loved ones that we lost because of it. But there are several people, many people, that are experiencing what is called long COVID. And because nobody else experiences it, nobody else really acknowledges it. Long COVID is people who still have symptoms, people who still have zero energy, people like like it is still affecting their life today. We've got people in this church that have long COVID. And, And the hardest thing about it is it's not a common experience for most people, they're like, I, I, I kind of got over that early. I guess you have a weak immune system. You know, you just need to you need to toughen up. And so they just don't talk about it. And it's hard. And, and there's this gal that the radio was interviewing. She she had experienced lung COVID and she started, she was still dealing with it, but she had a lot of people reaching out to her asking her because she had been uh, blogging about it. And people were asking her, For advice on how to handle different situations and how to manage their their lives because of it. And and she would take their phone calls and she would answer. And then after after months of this, she she realized, like, I just can't keep answering everybody's phone calls. And so she wrote, she wrote this this Google document with with like all of her suggested stuff for long COVID. and, And people would call her and she'd be like, I'm just gonna email you this document. If you have questions, call me after. And they did, and they, they kept calling her, and she kept compiling. So now what she's done is she's written an entire book. <laughs> she wrote a book. People call her. She says, buy my book, and then we'll talk. God, what do you want me to do? He's like, read my book. Read, read my book. Start there. Start start." There. No, I want, I want to hear an audible voice. You may hear an audible voice, but read the book. And, and, and you live in a culture like... Preacher, that is just so archaic and that's so old school. Can you just give me 14 steps to a better life and to hear <laughs> God's voice? No. I'm going to give you one step. Read your Bible. Yes. <laughs> we live in a culture where there's really no excuse not to read it. Right. Well, you don't understand, preacher. I, I'm, I'm up in the morning. And I don't have time. I'm straight to work. and you have a You have like a... In the palm of your hand, you've got this device that is more powerful than all the technology we had going to the moon. And you use it to go through other people's cabinets. Come on. And there's a church in Oklahoma that created an app called the U Version Bible app. Part of their mission statement as a church is to be the most generous church in their generation and to see the Bible put in the hands of every person on the planet. So what they've done is they've allocated a large portion of their church budget to IT and creating uh, this stuff. This app is downloaded as much as Twitter. And you can download this app on your Bible or on your phone, and you you can read the Bible in whatever language you want to read it in. You can read it in whatever translation you want to read it in. And if you're like me and you're really lazy, you can just press play and somebody reads it to you. Yes. Because there's just something about saying, no, I, I'm, if I'm going to hear God's voice, I, I, I need to be consuming his word. Almost every Sunday somebody comes to me and they say, hey, pastor, how do you come up with the stuff you say? And I'm like, where does it come from? comes from. It just comes from a lifetime of spending time with the Bible. I remember when I was really young, I was introduced to a, a wonderful narrator named Alexander Scorby. Anybody know who Alexander Scorby is? He played Moses in that old Ten Commandments movie. Remember, like that—that was that guy. And, and you know what he, he did? He actually recorded the whole Bible. In, in the King James Version of the Bible. And so as a, as a young guy, I would I would be listening to cassette tapes. Now, cassette tapes are, they're kind of like, <laughs> sorry. I, I would listen to cassette tapes, like this whole box. I mean, it was this box. And, and I would listen to it when I had time, when I, when I was working, when I was in my car. I'd be, listen, I, I'd be going snowboarding with my friends, and they're like, well, we want to listen to like Offspring or Pennywise. I'm like, no, you listen to Alexander Scorby. And like, like real Green Day, no, Score me, and, and then we'll listen. To, and, 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 but, but just through 10 minutes here, or five minutes there, or whatever, you gain a biblical worldview. Yeah. It, you get a, a depth of understanding of Scripture. I'm just, I'm just saying, if you want to know God's input so that you can give good output, you've, you've got no excuse. Right. G- get your Bible going. Play it before you go to bed. Play it for five minutes on your commute to work. Okay, that's not popular. Okay. Um, God's going to bless your life. Okay. Read your Bible for an hour. Woo! It changed your life. (laughs) Okay. I got off on a rabbit trail. Um, I just really think what you need is to read your Bible. Because what will happen is, is you'll say, no, preacher, that's great, but I'm just off balance and I, I need to get everything. I need, I've need, i got this, this, this sin in my life that, just, that I keep falling prey to. I keep, I keep stumbling in this same area and I really can't give God my all and I really can't be the kind of dad I want to be until I sort out my life. And I'm just telling you, if you wait until your life is sorted out, you will never plant seeds now. Like if, if you, like, like, I will give to that legacy Sunday when I get a better job. I'm just telling you, no. that the scripture says when you're off balance, when you feel like you're not home, like you're not where you should be, that's when we build a home, we plant seeds, and we plan to stay. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I know things are upside down in some of our lives right now. I'm telling you God's instruction when things are upside down is this, build a home, plant seeds, plan to stay. Because the next verse, it goes on and it says this, marry and have children, then find spouses for them so that you may have grandchildren. I'm all for like, that's, that's arranged marriages. I'm all, I'm all for it. Probably not, but it says multiply. And right now somebody's like, oh, like I need to tell my boyfriend this one. Like God says, have children, get married. I'm telling my, bo- no, talk to your parents first. Like you need to talk to your parents. That's, that's not the word of God for everybody. Just some of you. And, <laughs> multiply, do not dwindle away. God says, like, get back to living. Get back to to leaning into life. Multiply, like, like, enjoy the moment that you're in. You can sit there and just wait for the season to die, or you can choose. I'm just gonna invest in the future. I'm gonna invest in the world around me. I'm gonna invest in my family. Because the truth is that when we are waiting until the perfect situation, we are procrastinating our faithfulness. The next verse goes on, and it says this, and, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. God, I, I get building a house. I get planting seeds I can eat later. I, I get looking out for my family. Why would I want the peace and prosperity of the wicked that are around me? Because the Bible says there's a direct correlation between your prosperity and their prosperity. There's a direct correlation between the blessings of God in their life and the blessings of God in your life. So this is why we we pray and we lean into and we try to make a difference in the schools around us and in the neighborhoods around us. And this is why we want to pray for the peace of God in our governments and in, in the community around us. This is... This is why, even even though you may not like your employer, and you would love to say, like, if my employer just paid me what I was worth, then I would finally give them what they're paying for. Then that's not the way God works. The way God works is when you bring peace and prosperity to your employer, God will bless you. Stop waiting until you get paid more to give more effort at work. Instead, say, I'm going to lean in with everything I've got. I'm going to be the best salesman they got. I'm going to be the hardest worker they got. Like, I'm going to be the the most, like, uh, uh, lined out administrator they got. And I'm telling you, when you bring peace and prosperity into that world, God brings peace and prosperity into your world. Preacher, I'm just, I'm... I, I, I like what you're saying. That's really good. But you know, I'm, I'm in my 20s, and I'm, I'm really just waiting for my rich uncle to die. Because when, when my rich uncle dies, it's gonna lie, I'm gonna be set. Like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna build a business. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna buy, pay off my house. It's gonna be. No, 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 no. Stop waiting for someone else's legacy to pay for you. Instead, decide I'm going to build a house. I'm gonna plant some seed, and I'm gonna plan to stay. What do you mean build a house? You mean I need to physically build? It? No, I'm saying start making a home right where you're at. It can be an apartment. It can be a trailer. I don't care. Start making a home. Like, I'm going to make this. This, is gonna, this may not be the nicest building in my neighborhood, but it's going to be the best home in my neighborhood. Come on. I'm going to plant seeds for the future, seeds that I can enjoy the benefits of later. Because God says, even when you're off balance in life, even when you feel like you're going through someone else's cabinets, build a home, plant seeds. Plan to stay. Multiply. Pray for the peace and the prosperity of the world around you. This is is what the church is all about, people. This is why there's hundreds of churches in our valley. We're all meant to be seeking the peace and the prosperity of our valley. To be making a difference in the world around us. Like We're all on Team Jesus. You know that. Like people come to me like ah I went to this church I'm like don't talk bad about church to me because I'm a I'm a preacher and I know them you know what I mean like like I'm friends with them <laughs> don't talk bad about them instead understand this we're all on team Jesus. And we're trying to see God, King, God's kingdom revealed in this valley. So we can't do it alone. We need a hundred, a thousand other churches in the valley to make that happen. And if someone's hungry, we can fix that. If if somebody's searching for God, we can fix that. And if somebody's struggling with addiction, we can help. I'm just saying. Let's let's lean into what God could do in the community around us and not just what he does through the things we plant for ourselves Amen. so while we're here like you you are just passing through but but while you're here we make ourselves at home while we're here we make ourselves at home why because just a couple verses later this passage is book ended with the most well-known verse in the entire bible Jeremiah chapter 29, 11, that says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. One of the mis- most misquoted verses in all of the Bible, saying God has a plan for you, not to, not to drag you through the mud. God's plan for you is, is a hope and a future, but how do we get there? His input our output. How do we get there? Saying I'm just gonna I'm gonna build a home right where I'm at. I'm gonna build a home. I'm gonna begin planting seeds into the future. I'm gonna I'm gonna get around like I'm gonna build a home. I'm gonna have community. I'm gonna invite people into my house. We're gonna have dinner. We're gonna maybe a small group. Like we're, I, I'm gonna begin planting seeds. I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna start investing into the future. I'm gonna plan to stay. I'm not just gonna wing it and see what happens. I'm just gonna plan to stay put in the kingdom of God. I'm gonna maybe for you it's being planted in the job that God has you in. Maybe for you it's planted in the. This valley, I don't know, but I'm just saying that when we follow God's word, he says, I have a plan for you. Because you're praying for the peace and the prosperity of that wicked boss you have. You're praying for the peace and the prosperity of a, of, of a government system that you disagree with. You, you You're praying for the peace and the prosperity of a valley that just needs Jesus. And I have a plan for somebody like that. Plans to bless. Plans for a future. Plans for hope. So, we build homes, we plant gardens, we plan to stay, we multiply ourselves. We pray for the peace and the prosperity of the world around us. We take care of other people. And God says, I've, I've got big plans for you. Yes. This season won't always be like this. But when you stop trying to get out of the season and you say, I'm just going to make myself at home right here, God says, I can work with that. I can work with that. And this is, as the band would come, this is, this is essentially the story of Christmas. If you didn't get the comment about people wearing beige, uh, we were chastised for the first two services by but Jessica, for wearing beige and not green or red, <laughs> because we're moving into Christmas, and so we should all be wearing bells, hanging. And <laughs> During one of the services, somebody already had like a flashy light on. I was like, "Really? Like it's a little early." <clears throat> but that's really what Christmas is all about—the God of the universe. In fact, the, the Word of God, the very the word that proceeds from God, distinguishable from him, but not separate from him, becomes human form, becomes flesh. The Bible says he humbled himself to become a man. Humbled himself all the way down to dying a slave's death. purpose, if the purpose was just for Jesus to die, you would just say he was born and died. But there are four books of your Bible that record 33 years of his life. Well, they they record like the first, they record the first little bit and then the kind of gap and then there's another three full years. If, if, If the point was, let's just get to a different place, it would just, it would cut straight to the cross. But if the point is, I'm going to make a home in a place. I'm going to plant seeds of investing in the future. I'm going to begin to multiply myself through disciples. I, I, I'm going to pray for peace and pr- prosperity in a kingdom that is not of God. It, if that was the point, then the Bible would record his life. And that's what the Bible does. Because Jesus models this principle. That even when we're not home, even when situations aren't perfect, If we'll build a home, begin to plant seeds, plan to stay, invest in the future, pray for the peace and prosperity of others, work towards it, God has big plans for that. Would you stand with me all across the room? Because while Jesus was here, he made himself at home. And because of that, while we're here, in this season, in this place, we make ourselves at home. That means we pray big prayers. That means we lean into the word of God. That means we say, God, whatever you want with my life, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, whatever seeds you want me to plant, whatever relationships you want me to speak life into, I'm, I'm in. So while you are here, don't just sit like an elementary school watching the clock tick. Instead, say, I'm I'm going to leverage everything I can while I'm here. While while it's this season of my life, I'm going to build a home. I'm going to plant seeds. I'm going to plan to stay. I didn't fill this in either of the first services, but I feel like this is a word for someone that's been struggling with suicide right now. This season will pass, whoever you are, the season will pass. And God's not saying I'm just gonna ignore it all, but if, if you would just build a home, begin to invest in the future, plant some seeds, just please plan to stay God has a hope and he has a future for you do not be deceived Would you just raise your hands all across the room I just Lord Jesus right now whoever that was for I I, I just pray right now that you just cement in their heart that they'd begin investing in a future they don't see yet that, that, that their home would be established that people would, would gather around them that they begin to see life and vitality there that there's more to life than what they're experiencing right now that they plan to stay God I pray right now for the young man that's trying to decide what to do with his life He's looking for purpose and for direction I pray that he would turn his eyes towards you and he'd begin to build a home and build a family in the household of faith. God, that he would plant seeds into the kingdom of God and plant seeds that he would be able to experience the fruit of later. God, I pray for the woman whose life is being reestablished, is being rebuilt even now loneliness is unbearable. I pray that she would not give up on building a home. That she would invest in the relationships around her. That she would find joy in the season even now. God, I pray for the person that has always wanted to be an entrepreneur. They've always wanted to start a business. Pray they would not eat the seeds that you've given them, but they would plant those seeds. In Jesus' name. Oh, I wonder right now in this room, if there's somebody in here, just kind of keep that posture of your heart towards God. I wonder if there's somebody for you, when you when you hear me talking right now, you're like, preacher, for me, this whole message is about this. I just need to plan to stay in Jesus. I've been on the outskirts. I've been peering through the window. I've been window shopping. but I've just not been all in with Jesus. Right now, I'm ready to make a commitment to be all in. I'm, I'm ready to make a commitment to plan to stay with Jesus. If that's you, would you just put up a bold hand so I can see where you're at in the room? I see some fast hands. Some bold hands, some tall hands, come on, it's good. All in, I'm gonna plan to stay. Here's what we're gonna do for those of you that are responding right now. We're going to repent and believe. Repent means we turn away from the things in our life that we think, do, or say that we know don't please God. Then we're gonna believe Jesus' death on a cross, his burial and his resurrection. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell him, Jesus, I'm here to stay. And he'll meet you right where you're at. Would you pray a prayer like this? God, I'm sorry for the things in my life that I know don't please you. Especially my procrastination and really going, It's taken me a while. Would you forgive me? I believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross, was buried in a tomb. And three days later, he rose from that tomb with all power over death, over hell, over the grave. So right now, I'm placing all of my faith, and all of my hope in Jesus Christ alone. Say these words with me. Jesus, be the Lord of my life, and I will follow you every day that I live. Come on, church family. There's some
0: people who just made the best, best decision. Best decision. God bless you. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church, to find out more. Well, we love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.